The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level 3. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Branson. It comes to players, the hustlers. The people of Boston and everybody else in between. We're throwing it down to Twisted Tuesday. We're far from done on Sirius XM Channel 159. We'll re- re-welcome our AM radio affiliates. And I believe that San Diego and Los Angeles have joined us now that the baseball games are done. I don't think all the games. We're not going to be on against all the games, but it's going to happen a couple of times for those of you in whatever market you're in. You know, listen, we're on sports stations, right? And it's a good thing because, you know, we're on bigger stations now, which means they actually have rights to Major League Baseball games, and sometimes we're going to get bumped. But as I stated earlier, there's a saying in the business that uh, you can never be upset for uh, getting preempted for live sports. Uh, So speaking of live sports, the Yankees uh, get it done. The American League is off uh, tomorrow. The National League is back at it. And then... um, And then the National League gets a day off. So they both get a day off. So tomorrow it's about the National League. The Philadelphia Phillies got it done today against the Atlanta Braves. Listen, the Braves aren't going to hit the panic button. They're the defending World Series champions. But, man, five-game series are dangerous. It's a slippery slope, man. If you don't win that first game, you don't win the second game. So Los Angeles handled their business tonight. Atlanta did not earlier in the day. They're sending Kyle Wright to the hill against Zach Wheeler. Philadelphia are a smoking hot team right now. Right, so you're getting plus 116. Philadelphia win this game. They're going to win the series, right? Atlanta win the game, then we have a series. That's the way this is going to play out. San Diego need to win the game tomorrow, right? Listen, even if San Diego, I know it sounds crazy. You could say, well, they got the split and it's good for them. It really sort of isn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you sort of got to bury the Dodgers because I'm telling you, San Diego, it's, it's Dodger Stadium South. Right, it's it's right down the you know it's it's a hundred miles. It's like it's it's right there, so it's not like um, the Dodgers are going into foreign territory. They always win there, so it's not like oh it's like oh you got to go to New York City now and you're going to be playing in a cold over the weekend and it's going to be dark with a bunch of nut jobs in New York City in the middle of the night and stuff. It's like nah, you're in familiar territory. So, but it's a big game. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a big, big game tomorrow. The series is on the line tomorrow. Like, put it this way. San Diego win tomorrow. They can potentially win the series, but the Dodgers aren't going to panic. Dodgers win tomorrow, and it's game, set, match. The San Diego might get swept. Seattle have a puncher's chance with Castillo on the hill, but that's not till Thursday. So, the Dodgers right now are minus 196. Hugh Darvish plus 164, total 7.5. Talking about 
the twilight and the shadows of Chavez Ravine could be uh, could be somewhat of, a, uh, of an issue. Listen, the playoffs are great, yet there's a baseball feud that none of us expected. I didn't have my money on this today. I'll tell you what, we did hit a plus 550 with the Astros today, but um, courtesy of uh, Larry Brown Sports. So we told you Larry Brown uh, keeps you on top of all this uh, stupid stuff and crazy stuff that's going on that's normally really entertaining and stuff, but when you got a bunch of money on playoff games, you sort of check in with it after. But... Um, <laughs> So where is it? So yeah, Jeff Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan and Ben Verlander. So Ben Verlander, Justin Verlander's brother, and ESPN reporter Jeff Passan got into a uh, Twitter feud today. I didn't see this coming. Night anger man for class. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gable Moranzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. It's a twisted Tuesday. We're far from done. Just like the Major League Baseball playoffs are far from done. So the playoffs are here. There's been insanity already. The Houston Astros got a three-run shot to come back and win the baseball game in the ninth inning with two out. Big-time drama. Los Angeles got out to an early lead on San Diego. San Diego made a game of it, but the Los Angeles Dodgers bullpen hangs on Chris Martin is in Craig Kimbrell is out Kimbrell was left off the postseason roster so the Los Angeles Dodgers were not going to take a chance um, with the back end of their bullpen the Yankees get it done we thought that they would Cleveland just can't score enough runs to beat the Yankees the Yankees aren't great and I don't think the Yankees are going to win the World Series but the Yankees are going to have an easy time with the Cleveland Guardians and probably sweep them or it's going to go four to the max Countdown to kickoff is on. We've sort of been sidetracked with baseball. Hockey's back. But, the ba- you know, baseball's taking center stage right now. We're a week away from the start of the National Basketball Association. It's been announced that Draymond Green is going to be fined but not suspended by the Golden State Warriors. Listen, I'm not going to call out the Warrior organization for how they handle this. I can't. I can give you my opinion on what I think about a point spread. I can give you my opinion on what I think uh, about, you know, um, what you know, what I think about a game, what I think about a player, but I can't get into, I can't pretend to know more about this than than Steve Kerr. I can't pretend to be in a position to judge because I, you know, that's what a lot of people in the media are going to do. Oh, this is ridiculous. You should have been this. Should have well, you know, how do you know? You know, listen, Steve Kerr played with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. He got punched in the face by Michael Jordan. Was it as graphic? I don't know. You know what I mean? You, you, know, you know what I'm saying, though? This stuff happens, and they are more qualified. Steve Kerr is, like, way more qualified to handle this. I don't know if they thought suspending him was the bad idea, so they just fined him. You can't really suspend them and bring them back after a couple of games because, you know what I mean, like they're, they're, they're in a weird spot. This is Sports Rage. I am a Red Sea. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Your management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morancy. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, the 50,000 watt juggernaut SoCal in the house, 97.1, the freak Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, kicking it tonight. Steve Merrill steps up and in prosportsinfo.com, a member of the Shady Five, and of course, wagertalk. Uh, com. And the Shady Five is already cashed in the Super Contest, but we're looking for more. We need to get back on track, and we will. A lot of stuff to break down. What's going on, Steve? Doing well, Gabe. And uh, yeah, this Tuesday night's kind of when I start digging into the NFL with you each week. It's been working pretty well. 19-5-1 uh, for our entry, so I think we got to just keep rolling. Yeah, all things considering that we had our worst week of the season last week, and we're still 19-5-1. and one. Um, that's a good thing. We just got to keep on chipping away. I feel good about a couple of games uh, this week in the National Football League. But before we step onto the gridiron, the Major League Baseball postseason has taken center stage. It was a wild weekend with Seattle coming back um, against the Toronto Blue Jays. And then they continued their their torrid hitting early in the baseball game against the Houston Astros. But then it was the Astros who did to them <laughs> what the Mariners did to the Blue Jays. And it was a beautiful thing. Uh, Steve, we were live on the air with Joe Ranieri and Cam Stewart, and it was plus 550, and I said, you know Alvarez is going to hit a home run right now, and I actually got it in before they took it off the board. He hit a home run two pitches later. Boom, they come back and win. Dramatic win. I think that's the series right there. If Seattle would have been able to win, hey, maybe they could have taken this series. Stealing game one of the five-game set is massive, but they let them off the hook, Steve. <laughs> they are who we thought they were. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing I noticed was, you know, the wild card teams definitely carried the momentum for the most part into game one, except for San Diego, of course. <laughs> Dodgers jumped on them early, but uh, the Phillies really jumped on Atlanta this uh, earlier in the afternoon on Tuesday, and Atlanta made a game out of that 7-6 loss. Um, Yankees were a little sluggish for the first few innings. They actually got out hit 6-5, to five, but still ended up winning 4-1. And as you said, Seattle jumped out. So we see that a lot in the NFL playoffs now with the wild card as well. You know, the teams that had the bye that they sit back, it takes them a little while to get going. Um, but the fact that, um, you know, the home team still ended up doing pretty well overall is probably not a good sign for those wild card teams. Yeah, we've discussed this. I think if there's a sport that being off does not help you, it's actually baseball. Uh, you know, a lot. You know, any other sport, I think you can make the argument besides we could say golf. But, you know, you're off and we saw the teams that have been playing. And, you know, if you're playing and, you know, if you're playing to get into the playoffs and you're, you're, you're playing, you're playing playoff type baseball down the stretch, you're going to be more prepared uh, for this. And the Philadelphia Phillies are a classic example 
They're just peaking at the right time right now. Massive win for them. Now they get to send Wheeler out on the hill tomorrow against the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are favorites with Wright at minus 132. The total is seven. What do you think about game two of Philadelphia and Atlanta? Well, yeah, it was a huge win because Max Fried was the starter, you know, and Philly was coming off the wild card round. They really couldn't have their preferred pitchers here in game one. So you definitely stealing the game there, and they had to hold on. You know, it got close at the end there. They had a big lead, ended up winning just 7-6. Um, but they're in decent shape now. And Atlanta, keep in mind, as good as the Dodgers were this year, I think, what, the fourth most wins ever, Atlanta still has the best record since June 1st. I mean, that's how good the Braves have been over the second half of the season. Uh, but they're up against it. And if you look at Wheeler's numbers this year, better ERA, better a whip, even though he's just the team record is only 15 and 12. The Braves are 24 and 6 with White. Uh, Wheeler actually has better numbers overall. Atlanta's not going to panic. You know, they're not going to hit the panic button. They're the defending World Series champions. They've been in big playoff games for the past couple of years. But with that being stated, if they don't win this game tomorrow, I don't think Philadelphia is going to lose three straight after, especially going back home. And not to mention the pitchers that they still have coming up here with Wheeler and Nola. This is a massive game tomorrow. Like Philadelphia win this game, they're going to win the series. No, no question about it. And I think Philly, even if Philly loses this game, they've got a good shot still. I mean, that, that was a big win today in game one because you took out Freed, you know, and that was a situation where Philly didn't really have everything lined up like they wanted. So they basically stole a game and it was a road game, of course. And, you know, we, we always feel like games ones, you know, we're so used to the seven game series, at least I am with the NBA playoffs, you know, every round seven now. We, we don't put much stock into game one, but keep in mind, these are five game series. This is basically like a game three. And we always know how important it is for that game three when it's tied one one. So big win for Philly. And um, no question about it. Atlanta basically has to win on Wednesday. We cashed the ticket tonight with the Yankees and the under. Although, we, you know, we had the Yankees uh, in, in parlays. But I think the run lines are the way to go when you're dealing with these big favorites uh, in, in the postseason. And, I'm, you know, we, we talked about this coming in to the, the, the series, uh, Steve. I just don't think Cleveland can hit the baseball enough. They just can't put enough runs up on the board. Even, you know what, you've, you, your pitchers aren't going to pitch a shutout for five straight games. You can do it in a two-game set against a offensively challenged and an injury-challenged Tampa Bay Ray team. But, dude, they scored three runs in like 24 innings of baseball, right? They just don't have the firepower. Uh, Yankees in game two. Uh, they sent Cortez to the hill. Minus 142 right now, Steve. I'm surprised it's not higher. And how about this low total at six right now uh, for, for game two? Guardians and Yankees. Yeah, I mean, no offense really in game one on Tuesday night. Uh, Cleveland actually had a six to five hits edge, you know, as I mentioned earlier, but they only got one run still. Two errors, actually three errors combined in the game. Cleveland had two of them, which is a little unusual for postseason baseball. Um, but that's such a low total. But look, we're going to see a lot of those here in the postseason. I mean, we saw mostly six and a half sevens in all the playoff games so far. And uh, as you know, Gabe, as we always talk about, the totals are low for a reason. Yeah, but they're dangerous to bet. I mean, these games, we, we see these aces get lit up all the time, right? I mean, time and time again, look at look what happened to Verlander today. Well, the thing with the Yankees, too, is they're always one hit away from three runs. You know, they don't get a lot of hits. They're, they're a single-digit hit team normally, but they have such power, obviously. You well, know, no, they, they can't hit. You're right. The Yankees are a different type of team. The Guardians and the Yankees, it's, it's rare that you'd have a Yankees with a total of six. But, like, a good example is Seattle and Houston. All right, you got a six and a half on the board. Luis Castillo has been money. He's plus 130. Valdez is a stud and a pitcher that people don't talk about. The Astros are kind of a short price, actually, even with Castillo on the hill at minus 154. The total is six and a half there. But as we've seen, Seattle's games have been going over the number. Their last two games have gone over. We know that Houston can hit. And it seems to me, Steve, with these low totals, you're better off betting the over because the pitchers don't last. And then crazy stuff happens late. And there's a bunch of home runs always, as we've seen in the last couple of days.
Yeah, I mean, you always got the first five inning option, too. If you're really betting the starters, that's probably the way to go. Um, Both Seattle and Houston do have good bullpens, though, which help you. And the other thing about the playoffs with the full game is that, you know, there's more strategy, obviously, and they do play for one run, you know, as opposed to the regular season. They really try to manufacture runs. But, yeah, look, once you get below that total of seven, as you know, that's a very key number, you know, six and a half, six, anything goes wrong, you're not going to hit the under. One thing we've seen, too, guys, and this is something, listen, we're we're early in the baseball playoffs right now, but – Unlike the regular season, and I'm not saying that teams quit when they're down 5 nothing or they're down 7 nothing in a regular season game because we do see teams come back. But at the same point in time, there's going to be different levels of sense of urgency. And, Steve, in the playoffs, you know, I think for run line players, you take a look at teams that are down. They're not going to stop swinging the bat, bro, right? Like, even if they're down, look at, like, we saw this with Atlanta today, right? They're down, but they cut the lead to 7-6. Seattle didn't quit. Uh, the other day, and there's also something to be said, Steve, in, in the baseball playoffs, you're not going to roll over, anything can happen, and you're also trying to wear out their staff, right, because, you know, it's sort of one big game, as opposed to, like, you know what I mean, Steve, a series is a bunch of games, it's not like just one game, so even if you're down big, you're not just going to roll over, you'd rather put up a bunch of runs and at least make them use some pitchers. Ron, the other thing to keep in mind, once again, that these are five-game series in the divisional round, not your standard seven-game like we're used to in all the other sports, so every game is more urgent. You know, game one is basically game three, and now game two is basically game four, like it would normally be. So, yeah, it's do or die. These teams have to go, you know, balls to the wall and try to win a game even when they're trailing big. And that's why we cashed uh, today at plus 550 uh, with the uh, with the Houston Astros to come back when Alvarez hit that home run. It's going to be a lot of drama uh, to come. You got you Darvish and Clayton Kershaw going uh, tomorrow. The Dodgers lit up um, the, the San Diego pitching early. Uh, tonight, and it's amazing to see the Dodgers still big favorites here, even with Darvish on the hill. Steve, minus 205. The total is seven and a half there. What do you think of that game? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that jumps out to me is Darvish pitched, what, Friday, right? So that's four days of rest. So, you know, it's not ideal. Most of these guys, you know, they normally want to have five days. Um, obviously, Darvish pitched extremely well last Friday in game one at New York. Uh, Kershaw, meanwhile, has had plenty of time off. These guys have almost identical numbers. They both have 0.94 whips on the season in like 30, 22, and 31 starts. Um, Kershaw does have a better ERA, uh, but the rest factor could be uh, substantial here, I think. You know, Darvis obviously does four days off, and uh, Kershaw has not gone since October 5th, so he's got the full five that he normally likes to have, and uh, just get a feeling he might be in the better routine. Steve Merrill, King of us, will step onto the gridiron on the other side. The late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the March Spring Sale, March 15th through the 25th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $28.92. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 35% off all of our other colors. Stop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So it's Dave. Let's get into the National uh, Football League. So we've talked a lot about the Shady Five this year, as uh, people, regular listeners and viewers of the network know. Uh, me, Cam Stewart, Paul Bovey, Joe Ranieri, and Steve Merrill have uh, partnered uh, in the Super Contest. So we're 19-5-1 and one, uh, right now. We've stumbled uh, over the last couple of weeks. We started off hotter, but, hey, we started stumbled. Like, hey, we're off to a great start, but let's get back on track uh, this weekend. Oftentimes, there's a debate whether to play the Thursday game, and I understand the drawbacks against it. Uh, I do. And this this week, I tell you what, <laughs> I'm not sure any one of us has the courage to step up with the Washington Commanders or the Chicago Bears. You figure the Commanders are due, right? They played hard. They've fallen short. They could have won the game last week. They got the pass interference call in the end zone. They don't. They you know, they, they they can't score. Wentz throws the interception. But Chicago have been a pretty competitive team this year, Steve. Say what you will about the Bears, but the the Bears will play hard. And this is a chance for the Bears to win a football game on their home field on national television. Bears minus one right now at FanDuel. What's your take on the Thursday nighter? Yeah, I mean, the commanders are basically almost a road favorite in this game. And I'm not sure I'm in a hurry to uh, play one of the worst teams in the NFL as a road favorite. But then again, like you said, the problem is the Bears have been equally bad as well. Um Washington's offense has really struggled, even last week. Uh, two teams have really struggled, and this total opened as high as 40. Now it's down to 38, even some 37 and a halves out there. Um, hard to make a case for anything other than the under, though. I can't argue. I can't argue uh, the total uh, in this football game, but we you can't make the argument, Steve, that the Bears haven't been a better football team than the Commanders. Like, th- these are teams, at least the Bears are building something. The Commanders are falling apart. They're not building anything. They're just uh, like, you know what I mean? At least the Bears are a young team. They're a young quarterback. Defense plays hard. And they've won a couple of games. They've shown that they won't tap out. Washington have been in games, but they just can't figure it out. I mean, they've lost four straight games right now, Steve. Yeah, I mean, the look at a lot a week ago was Washington minus one. That, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, I'm in no hurry to lay points on the road of the Washington Commanders. And I know it's pick coming now plus one in most spots, but still uh, – yeah, I don't know. They've looked really bad offensively in recent weeks. And even their win in week one, they trailed late against Jacksonville. That could have gone either way. So Pittsburgh and uh, Tampa Bay, it's eight and a half. Pittsburgh got absolutely mauled uh, by Buffalo. That, you know, that was something that uh, that we knew was going to happen. And then it just played to form. What do you think about that game at eight and a half? Yeah, you know, people are saying, well, it's a flat spot for Buffalo, but I was in no hurry to back Pittsburgh. I don't like taking bad teams in college football or pro football. I don't like the buy and hope. You know, people that are in the stock market this year, they realize buy and hope is not a good investment strategy either. Just buy and hold and hope it goes up. Um, Buffalo obviously did not let down. They play half. You know, we talked about it. They could be half effort and still wall up a bad team. What's interesting, though, is that the Chiefs did, did appear a little flat out of the gate last night on Monday until they turned things on. Um, Pittsburgh made the quarterback change. I think it'll be a positive in the long run. Uh, just not sure this week. And Tampa did blow the big lead against Atlanta, held on for the win. Um, it's not a team I like laying the big numbers with because obviously they fell short last week, even though they won that game. Uh, still really tough to trust Pittsburgh. You know, once again, Tampa looks like a pretty good teaser getting them down below a field goal. The Indianapolis Colts managed to, I don't know, I guess we could say win that football game in Denver on Thursday night. And they beat the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So the Colts are one of these weird teams where they haven't really looked good 
but they have managed to win a couple of games and you know they've got a tie actually as well so <laughs> crazily enough they're two two and one uh right now maybe and honestly too one thing with the colts we've seen this before steve right they often start slow and then they start to put it together as the year goes on they do have injuries but this game is interesting to me only because the jags absolutely murdered them a couple of weeks ago if you recall 24 nothing so this is a recent revenge spot and as much as we talked about that game and the Colts always losing at Jacksonville, they don't always lose to Jacksonville and Indianapolis. It's a Jacksonville thing. What do you make of this with the Colts being two-and-a-half-point favorites? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those rare situations in which within a month, the line is shorter at home than it was when they were on the road, and they were banged up and injured in that game. Remember, because it was three-and-a-half in the contest, and it went down to three at kickoff because of all those Colts receivers that were out and everything in week two. Um, so anyway, I mean, Indianapolis is a shorter home favorite now than just a month ago on the road. But like you said, it's because they lost 24 nothing. Jacksonville looks like they've really improved this year. You know, they played Philadelphia tough. I don't know what to make of that effort last week. Was that maybe just a flat spot? I mean, if you look at the schedule, it was not a good spot for Jacksonville. They were coming off the win at L.A., near miss at Philly, and then the look ahead at Indianapolis. So I think they overlooked Houston, but still, they didn't even score the point spread. And I talk about this in college football a lot. It's always a red flag for me when a team can't even score the point spread. They were a seven-point favorite only put up six points. Yeah, but I don't think they were looking ahead, Steve. I just think it's it just is what it is. The Houston Texans always beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they always cover or beat them in the same way that the Colts, you know, in the, the NFL, man, you get these divisional little twists where you just throw everything out. It doesn't matter. You know, we, I brought it up a lot last week with the Jets getting the points against the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like, you throw out the record, Steve. There's always weird stuff that happens in crazy games, and the underdog usually cashes. So the Saints, they've been in some crazy games. They get into the track meet with Seattle uh, last week. They were in London two weeks before this is a fun game because you've got Joe Burrow going back to the Bayou, even though he's from Ohio. He's an absolute legend, obviously, um, in New Orleans and across Louisiana. And, oh, yeah, Jamar Chase goes back home for real. So you got the LSU Tiger national champion team basically going back home to take on the New Orleans Saints uh, here. The Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I actually like the Bengals in this spot. I think the Bengals are a good team, Steve. I, th- I thought they were – Listen, they were in a bad spot last week against the desperate Baltimore team. They covered the number. So they cover the number. They didn't get the W, but they score late. This is a big game for Burrow. It's a big game for Chase. I don't trust Andy Dalton against Joe Burrow. What do you make of this game at a basic pick It's one and a half right now. On the surface, these are kind of two play-on teams for me. I mean, I agree that Cincinnati's improving. You know, Burrow was out during the summer. They had the 5-0 turnover deficit against Pittsburgh in what was kind of a misleading loss in week one. And then, um, you know, they obviously took Dallas for granted, I think, with Cooper Rush making his first start in week two. But they've looked pretty good since. 3-0 against the spread. Uh, they have gone under in all five games this year, which people probably don't realize. Uh, the Saints, so I liked them last week as the best bet for my clients at wagertalk.com. And one of the reasons is because turnovers can make a team look a lot worse than they really are. And the Saints have had tremendous turnover problems. Now, obviously, Winston was part of the equation. I think Dalton won't throw as many interceptions. Um, they've had 12 turnovers the last four weeks, and they've only forced three. Um, and that's one of the reasons they're just one and three straight up. Um, but this is still a team that's a positive net yard differential, both offense and defense this year. Uh, Cincinnati, meanwhile, offensively has continued to struggle. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously one of the games of the week, along with the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. I've seen some threes out there. FanDuel has a two and a half up right now. The totals uh, is at uh, 53 and a half. So we talked about the Buffalo Bills, and let's be real. 
they've had tougher scrimmages, all right, um, in practice uh, this year than that um, than that Pittsburgh Steelers game was. They took the pedal off the metal when they got to 31-3, and they got to 31-3 pretty easily and quickly. They really did take the pedal off the metal. Meanwhile, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, played on Monday Night Football, and it took everything that they had to win that football game against the Las Vegas Raiders. They got beat up as well. Is it a you know much shorter week? No, but it is a difference playing on Monday night, getting beat up against a team that, oh, yeah, hates you, has revenge on their mind from the playoff loss last year, and whose offense is just sort of like clicking at all, on all cylinders right now. The thing with Buffalo is, too, Steve, they're a very good road team. Buffalo have done good and well in, in these big road spots like this in the regular season. No question about it. I mean, we all know they easily could have won that game last year. I think I still honestly think if they win the coin flip, they do win that game. I don't think either team was going to stop the other at that point. Uh, the problem here, though, with Buffalo is that we've lost a lot of line value. The look-ahead, bettable look-ahead line before last week's games was pick em. And then going into Monday after Buffalo romped Pittsburgh, it was as high as one and a half, two. And now today on Tuesday after Kansas City struggles to win, it's three. You know, so we've really gone from pick them to minus three in one week. And that's obviously a very key number, about a 9% chance the Bills win by exactly three points. I don't think it'll close at three, though, Steve. Like I said, FanDuel has two and a half right now. Yeah, I agree. And there'll be too much action on KC at three. You know what I mean? Two and a half is perfect to scare people off or at least make people think about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I agree. If you look at the market right now, there's a lot of three even, three minus 105. So it is more likely to go to two and a half. It's not going to three and a half, that's for sure. Oh, God, no. No. And you know what? Maybe... I think it'll my my prediction is it'll be two and a half. Listen, there's so many books out there, but I think it'll be two and a half, two and a half, and then right by kickoff. I think more people will take Buffalo. So I do think it'll it'll settle in at three uh but before kickoff. But I think listen, you can never say anything is every lock has a key. And you know, KC are KC are a dangerous team, but as I stated last night, and you look at the Chiefs, they're not a great team, right? Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Travis Kelsey is a great tight end. Andy Reid is a great coach. And, you know, they, they, they're doing it because of Mahomes. Buffalo just smoke you. Like, Buffalo don't win because, oh, you know, it was a miracle. We pulled it out again, guys. Hey, they missed the field goal at the end, and we won. Like, KC lived dangerously. Buffalo just run your ass over. So, finally, in closing, the Cowboys are covering machines, Steve, but the Eagles are a good team. I always think the Eagles are a little bit overpriced, but I kind of think the oddsmakers got it right. What do you think of the Eagles and the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, Dallas has yet to lose, as you know. You've talked about it. Cooper Rush is, what, now 5-0 and straight up in ATS, including his one start last year against the Vikings. Um, and he continues to play well. And they were a live dog last week. Paul Bovey had him in our Shady 5 entry in the Westgate, outright underdog winner with Dallas. Dallas was actually a very public underdog last week as well, so the public won with him also. Yet Philly's the only undefeated team left in the league. A look-ahead line last week was going to be 5.5. Now it's 5, so it really has not changed too much. And uh, this is going to be a good matchup. You know, it's crazy to think that Buffalo KC is not the Sunday night game. I'm sure uh, CBS was probably fighting to get that as a late afternoon game. It's part of the reason. But NBC ended up with a pretty good one here with Dallas and Philly as well. No, you're exactly right. You figured that Buffalo and KC would have been a primetime game, but you're exactly right, Steve. People forget that CBS and Fox pay big money as well, right? They get to pick games, too. So they've got Buffalo and KC at 425, but we got a great late slate of football. We'll speak to you later in the week. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Gabe. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Is it just me, or is it getting really hard to figure out the best way to save for retirement? Fidelity can help you find clarity so you can save the best way for you. With a free personalized plan, goal tracking, and timely insights, you'll be set to take on retirement your way. Get started at fidelity.com slash future. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Harrison Bader is the first Yankee player ever to hit his first career home run. In the postseason. Wow. With the Yankees. As, uh, Harrison Bader picked a good time to go deep uh, tonight. The Yankees, um, the Yankees victorious against the Guardians. The game stays under the number. The Dodgers and uh, San Diego. This that, that went over. It was seven and a half. We thought it would get there, and it did. Although I think tomorrow's game is going to be a lot uh, lower scoring. I think runs are going to be tough to come by. It's starting an hour earlier. You're starting at 5.37 local time in Los Angeles. There's going to be shadows. There's going to be some weird stuff. And not to mention, Darvish and Kershaw are going to be tough to hit. Now, we've seen. There's no guarantees with aces um, in, in the postseason. We saw Max Scherzer get lit up. We saw Justin Verlander get lit up earlier in the day, which is, you know, that, that was surprising. But the Houston Astros came back anyways. So... We know that Los Angeles and San Diego is the best rivalry going on right now in baseball. But what we did not know and what we did not expect is that ESPN's Jeff Passan and Justin Verlander's brother, Ben Verlander, who's a um, Fox FS1 uh, baseball personality analyst, would get into it, and it went from 0 to 60 pretty quickly. I like uh, feuds like this when they don't involve me. So... Yeah, you wouldn't expect this. Like I said, you wouldn't expect this. So Jeff Passan tweeted out Justin Verlander. Um, and then he, re- you know, it, it was a weird tweet to begin with. I got to be honest. So he said, Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander, just because I'm doing my best at Ben Verlander impersonation. In which case, Shoei Itani, 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 Otani, 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 you get the point. Just a bunch of Shoya Tani's in caps like a million times. 
Ben Verlander did not appreciate the tweet from uh, Paston and fired back um, commenting on Jeff's height. Said, uh, grab a stool and say it to my face, Jeffy boy. And then this is where it really, um, this is where things really uh, got strange. Passin uh, re- replied to Verlander, when you're talking about uh, Shoei, you're usually on your knees though, right? That's kind of escalating it. Let's just call it out for what it is. <laughs> it's like, well, threatening them, like saying, well, say it to my face, uh, you know, is whatever. You know, it all seems so childish and unnecessary, to be honest. And I, it's crazy that I'm the one saying this. Um, and then Ben Verlander responded after. He didn't like saying, uh, when you're talking about showing, you're usually on your knees, though, right? Ben Verlander responded to him, when you're asking me for help getting a Justin interview, you, you usually are too, huh? Unfortunately, that's where it came to an end. See, we need more. We need more. It's the baseball playoffs. This is this is the bonus that we did not expect. Yeah, come on. I can expect Kurt Schilling saying something stupid or like, you know what I mean? I you know, I, I can expect like there's some things you can expect. Um you can expect a fan to reach over the you know, fan interference at Yankee Stadium or potentially at Dodger Stadium. There's a lot of things you can expect. You know, Steve Bartman type, a lot of weird things happen in the playoffs. I did not expect a Jeff Pass and Ben Verlander Twitter feud, but I'm kind of teased. It's like a lap dance. It's, it, it, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like a lap dance. It's not, it's, it wasn't enough. We need more tweets. I know, Matthias, you love like NBA Twitter feuds and you love all that type of stuff. Baseball normally doesn't have this, especially with reporters. Ben Verlander, though, he's, you know, he's, he's an edgier guy on Twitter. That's his base. He's got his baseball thing going on uh, here. But like I said, I'm disappointed. I, you know, after they're both talking about being on each other's knees and stuff, it should have gotten raised to a new level. <laughs> but maybe it did via well, DM, pa- and we don't Passing know. Passing came out, Gabe. Passing came out and, and, and apologized. Said earlier a tweet directed at Ben Verlander crossed the line and was hurtful to many. I deleted the tweet and sincerely apologize. Though Ben and I have known one another for a while and often joke on Twitter, it's no excuse for my mistake. I will be better and learn from it. Um, Jeff Passan. <laughs> I was actually, I was going to, I was going to say that you can't really just tell someone, aren't you on your knees? Like when you're talking, like, you know what I mean? Like you cover, you know what I mean? Like with another baseball guy. So as uh, Matthias has uh, stated, Earlier, a tweet directed at Ben Verlander across the line was hurtful to many. I deleted the tweet and sincerely apologize. Though Ben and I have known each other, uh, one another for a while, I often joke on Twitter. It's no excuse for my stake. I'll be better and learn from it. <laughs> and then after that, Julio Rodriguez and Ty France, top two hitters in Seattle lineup. He goes right back to. <laughs> he had to say something. Um, you know, you, you, know you, that you couldn't just sweep that under the carpet after the fact. Sounds like the big boss gave him a call, Gabe. He yeah, his cell phone must have rang a little bit. Said, "Hey, you gotta cut this out right now before you might not be at this company any longer." There, Jeff. Well, you're this gonna get suspended. Like that type of behavior. Oh, they yeah, well, like that he, type of stuff, Gabe. He he wouldn't get fired, but he get suspended for like, it's a sexual comment. You know what I mean? You're on your knees. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. He's gonna get spoken to about that, 
right? He's going to get spoken yeah, to. That, like, that, 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 that was hilarious about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. But today, in 2022, any single time you make those remarks, you just know you're going to throw yourself in some boiling water. It's gonna, some people are going to find it funny, like me. And there's going to be some that's going to be, I'm going to write these guys a letter. <laughs> nah, but the thing is, yeah, but there's only some jerk out there that just wants to complain for the sake of it. Like, who's really offended by that? Uh, which leads me into Troy Aikman, of all people. Here's another thing we didn't expect. Our boy Troy Aikman is under fire following a controversial remark that he made on Monday Night Football uh, last night. It's hard to keep up, but um, so you remember last night, there was the ridiculous roughing the passer penalty on Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones on uh, Derek Carr, in which, I don't know, he had the audacity to touch him and fall and land on top of him. And Troy Aikman commented uh, during the game, my hope is the competition committee looks into this in the next set of meetings, and you know, we take the dresses off. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. Cue the uh, cue the fake outrage. You know, like like let, let me be honest here. Let me let me ask an honest question. Like to any women tuning in right now, you can tweet me at Sports Rage. We've got a chat going on here. I know we got Sooner Lisa in the house, big football fan. I don't think Sooner Lisa complained. I don't think Sooner Lisa complained to ESPN that Troy Aikman said we could take the dresses off. Like, are we like you know? Like, listen, there are some things that are offensive, and we'll call it out and say, "Yo, you you can't say that, right? You can't say that." This is you know, like really, you want to get into the you know you want to get into the outrage game about this and stuff. I mean, people um, people went like all out on it too, like you know, like Mike Freeman. You can make your point without talking about dresses, Aikman. Like, really, Mike Freeman. Were you offended? Or is this just a Twitter thing for you? Like everybody, like every time something like, was it the best choice of words? No. Could he have used a different choice of words? Maybe. Yes. Is it the end of the effing world? Like honestly, like were women offended? And I can't speak for women, so I'm asking. But I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing, and I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm on a different link here to this right now. But I saw a page earlier, you know, when they say, you know, they always do these media reports, people outraged over something, and they show you everybody's tweets uh, about it. Um, they show you everybody's tweets about it. So it was just, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was sort of funny that like everybody that was so offended by Troy Aikman saying, can we take the dresses off after the bad call? It was like 90% dudes. So I'm not minimizing any woman's thoughts on this. I'm not a woman, right? Like, so I'm not, I'm, I'm sincerely not minimizing any, uh, any, any thoughts on this, any woman's thoughts on this, but I'm just thinking that st- getting really mad about stuff like this trivializes real stuff. Like there is offensive stuff that's said all the time and people should be called out for it. But, Really? Troy Aikman? Troy Aikman's like the nicest guy in the world. Right? He's the nicest guy in the world. The guy played in the league. Hey, take the dresses off. Like, how much are we supposed to tone it down and tune it down to? Like, at what point? Like, you know, I'm dead serious. Like, you know, like, really? Like, so you're going to, like, there needs to be a new, and now I'm going to say it. Oh, anytime you say I shouldn't say this, you shouldn't say it, but I, I'm not saying it too much. But we need a new pansy dictionary. We need a candy-ass Karen 
and Chad. Um, like, we need the, the new modern, <laughs> don't offend me, dictionary, Matthias, right? So, like, for a like football it. term. A pansy dictionary is, is definitely needed in 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, I mean, myself it's like, oh, wait, I'm about to say this, and no, 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 they can't. that's not appropriate anymore. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be to the point where you're going to walk into a McDonald's and say, yeah, give me a McChicken and a French fries, and say, hey, you can't say it. that's offensive. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, like... I get, like I said, and it's funny because I'm all people always say, oh, I'm Renzi, you're woke. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm woke. I'm the singer of a death speed metal band. Yeah, I'm really woke. I'm like, um, but people are like, but like, as I stated, it trivializes real things. You know what I'm saying? I defend women in sport all the time, right? But it, you know, I'm not going to get mad about this. Like, it's ridiculously stupid. And people that tweet about this stuff, and, like, the media types and stuff, all you're doing is grandstanding. You, that's, that's all you're doing. You're grandstanding. Oh, you're holier than thou, and you're so offended. As I stated, I'm trying to find the, uh, the, list, um, the list of outrage of tweets from people in the sports media. And there's a lot of them. There's no, no need for sexist comments like this in today's... In, 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 in today's day and age. Well, Gabe, like how sexist was it? He said, let's take the dresses off. The sandlot. You know, you play ball like a girl. That's one of the most common used, you know, baseball sayings when I was growing up. If you were to say that term now, you know, you play ball like a girl. Oh, my goodness. That is, you know, you can't even, we can't say that. That, that, that right there is, is, is a downgrading remark to many. Well, that is, though. You shouldn't say that, right? But you're right. It was a common, you throw like a girl and all that. I don't know. I've seen a lot of girls throw pretty well. I've seen a lot of girls play well, right? Like, there's a lot of women in this world that are better at every sport than I am, right? So that is, but you're right. I mean, you know, in movies, and that's always been a, and I get it. Like, there should we should get rid of the dumb cliches in, in the world. Like I said, it wasn't his best choice of words. You know what I mean? But let's not like get into, oh my God, oh yeah, Troy Aikman. You know, Chuck Modi. Chuck Modi. Troy Aikman really needs to find a non uh, misogynistic way to criticize besides take the dress off. I say to someone who has heard this misogyny normalized by coaches and a kid and predicted myself. Way past time to end this talk. Jason Page, who I don't know who he is. Hey, Troy Aikman, the 60s called. They want their chauvinists back. Here's Brandon Scott. Did he really just say take the dresses off? You notice they're all dudes. Lighten up, dude. Take your blazer off. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We've all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k, make sure it keeps working for you. A Fidelity Rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. An easy-to-follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com rollover. Consider all your options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. 
the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I just see all the, it's just can't, I can't believe the Troy Aikman stuff. Like, constantly. You know, like, what are you supposed to say? Uh, can we take our blazers off? Like, will that not be offensive? Can we take our suits off? Okay. And the thing is, too, it's not demeaning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Matthias said, you know, about the sandlot and stuff, or you throw, like, a girl and all that stuff. That That is demeaning. That is demeaning. Like, I will tell you first, I never say that. You know, oh, you punch like a girl. Like, yeah, like, ooh, like Amanda Nunes? It, she'll knock your ass out. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't, know, I don't know what that means. Punch like a girl. A lot of girls will knock your ass out in today's day and age. Right? So that is. But to say take your take the dresses off, let's be real. If you want to go all out on this, everybody's wearing dresses now. NBA players are wearing dresses to games now. All right? So I look at it more like you don't want to get your dress dirty. Could be anybody wearing a dress. You know what I mean? It's like, it's an expression. You know what I mean? It, it, to me, it's not even sexist. He's, you know, I don't even look at it like, I don't even think of like, oh, girls, like, or women or, you know what I mean? I think of it like, yeah, you don't want to get your dress dirty. You know what I mean? Or, you know, your white tux or whatever. All right. Should he say like, can we take our tuxedos off? That's what he should have said. And then people, are you going to get offended by that? Can we take our tuxedo? Like, that's what he meant. He didn't mean like, oh, you know, can we stop being like little, you know what I mean? He, he didn't mean like that. I can't speak for him, but like, you know, is Troy Aikman an offensive guy? No. He's just saying, let's toughen up a little bit here, right? And like I said, I think this means like, you know, can we take the white gloves off? Can we take the tuxedo? Like, that's what I'm saying. So you're supposed to have a list of things. Oh, I can say this, but I can't say that because that's offensive. The only thing I agree with is the people from PETA when they said, let's drop the term bullpen and go with arm barn. <laughs> Just because I like the sticks out of it, arm barn. Because, yeah, there's no bulls in the bullpen. You know, there's arms. Who's, who's going on in the arm barn? I'm going to take the Phillies and the Dodgers again. Other than that, you're on your own later. The path to retirement is different for everyone. And as life changes, so do priorities. Fidelity can help you get where you want to go. With a free personalized plan, goal tracking, and timely insights, you'll be set to take on retirement. Whether you're saving for it or already living in it. Get started at fidelity.com slash take on. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.